Welcome along to the Big Soccer Preview Show on this, one of the most important days in the footballing calendar. It is, of course, transfer deadline day. Lots of deals uh, to come throughout the day, but of course we have to look forward to a whole weekend of football. Uh, Champions League draw as well uh, happened yesterday. We'll talk about our resident magpie about that in a second. My name's Adam. Welcome along. Uh, Looking forward to a whole weekend of football with you, uh, fellow American and all of the streaming channels that we have to watch the beautiful game on. Along with me is the aforementioned Jordan. Jordan, uh, Champions League, you're back in it. Newcastle United, they're going on a European tour, and wow, what a star-studded lineup you have ahead of you. Well, um, I I will say this. It was kind of apropos that we got uh, one team in our group. Uh, Just because of the song, you've never seen a Mackam in Milan. (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna go to Milan, baby. Um, no, I, I'm. I mean, yes, there could have been better draws, but in terms of you know measuring yourself against the best competition in Europe, this is probably the best group this 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 season to try it against. I mean, you have perennial league champions PSG. Uh, the OG, the the OG super team out of France. Um, you have the uh, future stars factory out of Germany, Borussia Dortmund, and then you have the resurgent AC Milan, who uh, made it to the Champions League final last season. Yes, uh, the group of death, as it is being called, perhaps not as group of deathy. As as yeah, it could have been I, I, Dortmund I for sure, like, not as strong as they were last season. Neither is PSG. Um, uh, I mean, so they wouldn't they, have been. They they kind of made up with the with with Mbappe. He's their guy yeah, now. But yeah, he's their guy. But I mean, I'm much more afraid of Mbappe when Neymar is out there as well. He's not. You understand what? Um. Yeah. Well, he's also in Saudi Arabia now too. Well, yeah, um, but when he when he when he when he wasn't injured, um, yeah. So uh, just so, so that's Newcastle's group 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 A, uh, Manchester United, with uh, Bayern Munich, FC Copenhagen, and Galatasaray, uh, Arsenal back in the Champions League as well. They've got Sevilla, PSV, and Lyon, and uh, of uh, they finished second in in league on last season. Lyon's to Newcastle, of course, uh, in Group. F and in Group G, Manchester City, uh, RB Leipzig, Red Star, Belgrade, and uh, Young Boys of Switzerland. City getting off a little easy uh, with their group. Um, that'll probably be the most we talk about the Champions League on this show because this is the big soccer preview pod, and we of course preview the weekend. We don't have Champions League games on the weekends; we have those during the midweek. But uh, we'll we'll talk about it throughout the week and and uh, and uh, and all that. So. Uh, but, th- but there's your English teams in the Champions League. So, speaking of English teams, time to go to our first segment. Top four of the four Premier League games you can't miss this weekend. And we start on a Friday. You know how much I dislike Fridays, Jordan. Uh, but this one, actually, I'm a little bit excited about. Luton versus West Ham. Uh, and I'm not just excited about it because uh, my beloved Hammers are playing. It's the first Premier League match ever at Kenilworth Road. Um uh, now, for those of you who, who haven't, uh, who've been under a rock all summer and haven't realized that Luton Town are in the Premier League, Kenilworth Road is the just adorable 
I would say, stadium that seats, I think, under 10,000 people, um, located in the town of Luton in Bedfordshire, I think is where it is. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, it is, how would you describe Kenilworth Road, Jordan? Um, it, Kenilworth Road is, is probably the truest example of a community stadium. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it literally, is. uh, I, 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 I actually want, like, that would be a bucket list place to go oh, absolutely. on for me. Just because I want to go through the away fans entrance that is connected to a row of blockhouses. Yes. So there's there's a, a terraced housing, of course, is is a common in, uh, thing in England. It's it's basically terraces of houses. They're all connected. All these doors are kind of one after the other. There's not a whole lot of originality. Shocker, uh, being in England. Um, but no, it's and it, it sort of built. Into these, this block of houses is the entrance to the away uh, ground. You go in, you go up some steps, and you basically go through someone's back garden in order to get there. It's it's just phenomenal. Uh, very very excited to see the Premier League played here, just because it's something different. Like you know, we're used to these big cathedrals of football. You know, the uh, Manchester Manchester yeah, Manchester City. I mean. I don't know if people will remember this. They used to play at a place called Main Road. That I would say is, is very much like Kenilworth Road. It's it's you know this sort of shed looking stadium that's got it, it's you know the stands are covered and it's metal and it's all this you know it doesn't look like the Eddie had now where where it's just sort of ornate and done up and and redone and luxurious. This is like Main Road era stuff. Like this is this is back when the Premier League. You know, this is like early '90s Premier League when we were still dealing with the the way things looked back in the '80s, um, and so I'm very very excited. Um, a little nervous, Jordan, about this one because you know how these uh, tend to go. The the there's just something in the atmosphere, and I'm I'm afraid that it's going to be in the atmosphere in Luton on Friday. I you know honestly I tend we, this is something we've seen that's been reoccurring in the the time that we've been fans of teams in the Premier League. Or in English football in general, it's yeah. No, you're right. Uh, the 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 little plucky clubs that somehow make it out of the championship, unless you're just a truly top end team that, and you have like an early Holland, who is a football robot, right? It is really difficult to turn these uh, these teams over in their on their home ground. And uh, I have an. Uh, I have a, a a comparison for you. Yeah. Um, if, we were, if we were to say like Old Trafford was the uh, uh, Westminster Abbey of uh, footballing stadiums in England, uh, Kenilworth Road is like the local parish chapel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your Kenilworth Road is seeing is the is truly you know the 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 day in day out experience of. Of football in the community, uh, whereas you know, and frankly, it, it's it's becoming more and more true. Um, places like Old Trafford, the Emirates, uh, the new White Hart Lane, uh, the Etihad, uh, they're becoming destinations. You know, it's a place. It's it, it's it's not necessarily a place that is 
designed for the local. Right. Yeah, it's, it's designed for that one time. It's designed for that one time visitor. It would have to be one time visitor unless you've got the money to shell out for a season ticket because like tickets are super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, it, it, Luton Town's the opposite. This is like a true kind of community, like the community stadium. It's a really good way of putting it. Um, but very much, I, I think my fear comes from the fact that recently we saw Arsenal open up um, the Premier League at the Brentford Community Stadium, and they got shellacked, if I remember correctly, like just completely demolished. Um, this was early. Oh yeah, it was early. A, early. It was Arteta a Friday. Uh, it was a Friday game too. It was a yeah. Friday game, and it was two nil Brentford, and it was. Oh, like okay. not even close. Yes, yeah, but yeah, they, they they pretty much just got manhandled. So as good as West Ham have had uh, to start the season, um, and as excited as I am to see Muhammad Kudus line up for West Ham, which I do think is going to happen in this game. He, I don't think he's going to start, but I do think we'll see Kudus come on, come in off the bench. Very looking forward to that. Uh, I'm a little nervous. West Ham, we've got to watch out for this. I think we're getting a little bit cocky, getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so that's Friday night. That's 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA Network, Luton versus West Ham from the much-beloved uh, Kenilworth Road. Very much looking forward to seeing more games played there. Adam? Yep. And now, that he's, now that he's an official signing, um, he's taking a picture with the, with the, with the kid. Uh, could you say that West Ham went big game hunting because they nabbed them a kudos? <laughs> I will say this, is, this has the potential, and let me emphasize that word, potential, to be a, a game-changing signing for West Ham. I mean, this guy can play in behind the striker. I think we could use him as, as a striker up top. I think we could play him down the right and play Bowen in the middle more. So I'm very look, much looking forward to, to seeing how he lines up um, and seeing him in, uh, in, in the Premier League. He's a fantastic talent. Um, has had some injury issues in the past. Hopefully those are behind him. Um and so, yeah, that was confirmed by West Ham on Sunday. He started training with the club, I believe, on Monday. Uh, so he's he should be good to go. But I, I I bet we'll still see him come in off the bench. So for those of you who are fantasy Premier League players, um, that's my tip for you. Don't uh, don't start kudos just yet. Uh, next up, Saturday, uh, 10 a.m. kickoff on Peacock. This one, it's the champions Manchester, Manchester City uh, against Fulham. A brave draw for Fulham last weekend against Arsenal. Well done. Uh, our resident Fulham fan, Caleb. Um, and uh, another chance to get some valuable points from the Eddie had. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from Fulham. Like they, they got that that uh, that pluckiness, that that go-get-em attitude uh, that I think did them so well last season, especially early on. Um, and they've made a couple of good uh, acquisitions in the, in the uh, transfer window. Um, and r- rumors, and I think that's all but confirmed at this point that uh, City are about to get Wolves, Wolverhampton's uh, Mateus Nunes, um, uh, a kind of strong sort of steady type midfielder that I think uh, will, I mean, he'll fit in nicely with, with the squad for sure. But, I mean, yeah, these are the champions. they treble winners, Manchester City. They've obviously got uh, some depth in that bench. Do, do City need another player? I mean, is this something that, that you think will change things for them, or is this just making sure that they've got cover where, where it's needed. Honestly, Adam, you could ask that about any transfer uh, Manchester City's done uh, because it might be a need, 
uh, especially with you know Kevin De Bruyne being out for so long. But it, it could also be just cover. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be annoying when uh, Mateus Nunes is just killing it <laughs> for Manchester City, and you're just like, that's true. You, you ball your fist up. You do. You do the Arthur meme, <laughs> just because they they are so good at identifying talent and see how you know you know projecting how they would fit in, into their system and then purchasing said talent. Yeah. Like honestly, when they swooped Rian uh, Rian Mares from Leicester City, did you ever think he was Manchester City quality level? I mean. Yes and no. It was kind of one of those things. I mean, I, I the Mares situation. Like I remember when he first started to, you know, in the middle of that season, um, the that that fifteen sixteen season when Leicester won the title and Mares was was tearing it up alongside Jamie, Jamie Vardy. You know, I think Arsenal were rumored to be to be going in for him. So it was it was one of those things. And then, yeah, I mean, to see him go to City, you know, it, it, at the time it sort of made sense. And then over time, you kind of thought that was kind of a weird move. But, I mean, he turned into a, a pretty good player for them. Um, and, you know, arguably, you could say City may have maybe tried to keep him, or at least try to keep the player who was seen as his replacement, Cole Palmer, who now is reportedly going to Chelsea. Um, that one kind of weirds me out. I feel like they should hold on to Cole. I, that, I, 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 I just think he's got a lot of good football to play for City, and I, I think it would be... It's good brand management for them to keep Cole Palmer and to keep playing him. You know, City would like would like to keep him, but honestly, with how deep that squad is, there is only so many you know players that can come up uh, from the you know from the academy and you know get regular time in the first team. And I kind of think there is a gridlock um, on uh, on that right wing. Uh, just because I think Phil Foden has kind of locked it down, especially if, especially if they're going to let him have the freedom to come inside, then I mean, there you know, there's kind of a backup there, and especially with the new signing and, and, J- Jeremy Doku. Uh, yeah, and also the, the fact that still have, well. and also the fact you still have Bernardo Silva who could go who could who could go out wide on the right as well. Yeah, so I just always like to see local. Local players yeah, come up and play, I, and it's, I, it's good. It's I good know. for the league. It's good for the like I said. It's good for the brand. But it's just there. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just one of those things to where it's like a, it's kind of like a. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, F, a financial fair play casualty, but there's there's just only so many minutes, meaningful minute meaningful minutes uh, in a team like City, and if Palmer feels like he is ready. Um, you know, to to crack the first team, then I, you know he, he he deserves a chance to go somewhere else. Yeah, you know the money's right. Um, so that's Manchester City versus uh, Fulham. That's on Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, do, do not uh, forget that uh, Fulham uh, has made a new signing, uh, bringing in striker uh, Lucas Ocampos from Sevilla uh, oh. to replace Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, that's a good, it's a good bit of business for them. Bad for Sevilla, but good for them. We'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk about Sevilla a little bit later. They're in, they're in bad shape. So yeah, so yeah, Fulham's a very good summer continues, and uh, maybe we'll see uh, Lucas Acampos lined up for them on Saturday, ten a.m. 
at uh, I almost called it the city of Manchester Stadium. That's how far back we're going. At the Etihad <laughs> at 10 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time on Peacock. Woo. Um, wearing, are they going to be wearing all wool kits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that far. Uh, number three uh, on our top four Premier League games to watch this weekend. Liverpool versus Aston Villa. That's on Sunday. One of two Sunday uh, kickoffs at 9 a.m. Eastern time. This one's going to be on USA Network. Um uh, potential for a goal fest, I think, uh, in this one. Liverpool, fresh off of a unlikely comeback win last weekend against a team that will remain nameless. Um, and that's all we'll say about that. And uh, Villa coming into this one off of back-to-back wins. Both of these teams look very, very potent in attack. In attack. They also don't look as solid defensively. And I think this could be uh, the makings of a, uh, like I said, a defense could be few and far between uh, in this game. Um, Yes, that's exactly what I'm hoping for, is I'm hoping this is like a... Because... Am I back? Yeah. Okay. Let me start that back. Yeah. Uh, yes, this, this game has the makings of like a 4-3 thriller. Uh, I think Aston Villa, other than the Newcastle match, which they lost 5-1, I think they've scored three or more goals in every single match since. Um, yeah, no, they're, uh, uh, John McGinn looks amazing. Uh, uh, you know, Musa Diaby... Uh, Really wish Newcastle could have gotten him. He, early he fits can, perfectly er, into that second. Early candidate for signing of the season. In all yeah. honesty. Musa, yeah, Musa Diaby fits uh, fits into that Villa system as the second striker very well yeah. because he just finds that space so easily. Um, my only hope in this in this 4-3 <laughs> Villa win is that Trent Alexander-Arnold makes a mistake, which <laughs> leads to the winning goal. Uh, screw him. Um <laughs> Screw Liverpool. Yeah, most most insufferable group of players and fans, and you know, I I I I I truly believe at this point, Adam. I think there was a time where they discussed like Liverpool, like a, a Liverpudlian independence movement. I would totally be okay <laughs> if Liverpool just like freed themselves from the United Kingdom, and we just didn't have to deal with their. They're annoying this anymore. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who they beat on Sunday. Um, uh, and and for you, I know you're not the huge, the biggest fan of Everton either. So that would that's two birds there for you. Um, speaking of uh, transfer news, uh, Liverpool reportedly adding another another midfielder to their uh, to their the summer of uh, transfer signings. Ryan Gravenberch. Signed by Bayern Munich last summer from Ajax. Hasn't quite worked out for him in Germany, and reportedly he's on his way to Anfield. Um, this would be, I think this would be a, a really good signing for them. Arguably their best one. I think there's a lot of talent in, uh, in Gravenberch. I think he just needs a chance. I think he could thrive in a, in a, in a Klopp team. So this would be a huge uh, get for Liverpool if they can get him and, uh, and if they can get him for the price that uh, that's being quoted. I think it's something around f- maybe 
43 million pounds, 43 million, yeah. euros, something like that. I actually, I think, I think they're, I think they're signing him for the, the, the old Luis Suarez from Liverpool, uh, bid, which was like, I think 41, uh, like 40 million pounds and one, uh, and uh, one. Oh no, it was, this was, so if I, I can't, I can't, I can't recall, I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know if it was the summer that Liverpool got him, or if it was the summer after he, hell no, I guess he was pretty much untouched. Well, it was the summer after he had the biting incident and, and had to leave, and Barcelona bid something, uh, or it was bid was reportedly that, and Arsenal came in for him at like 44 million and one pound, or something like that, it was, it was something ridiculous. Um... But no, uh, like yeah, Gravenberch, good signing. I think if if they can get that one wrapped up, that would be a nice deadline day pickup for Liverpool. Um, and you know, as 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 much as it hurts, you know they've they've look they've they've strung together some good results. Um, you know they they've got that steeliness about them that I think maybe was lacking a little bit last season. Early signs to me suggest Liverpool might be back. This this could be a, a season where we see them um, you know, not just try and challenge and get in the top four, but pretty but but get up there and, and stay there and, and you know Klopp sort of got his swagger back as it were. So but this'll be a good test for them because Aston Villa I think are also a team that could be up there uh toward the end uh, of the season. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, Unai Emery, I mean, he did wonders at uh, Sevilla when he won, I think, what, like three uh, UA, um, Europa Leagues in a, like a row? Yep. So, and, I and mean, he's... And at Villarreal more recently. I mean, he was yeah. he had them working, I mean, he had them steaming along. I mean, they, they a great period under him uh, at Villarreal, for sure. It was, it was tough to see him go, but I think he could... He can kind of work that magic again. He's doing it at Villa Park. It's, I will say it's just nice to see um, a, a, a vampire return to a land <laughs> where it's more traditionally suitable for their species. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, downcast, rainy. It depends on what rules we're playing. But if, we're, if we're playing by uh, Twilight vampire rules, then yeah, he's in, he's in the best spot possible he's he's it's cloudy he doesn't have to play at night anymore um you know he's just he he's he's uh, he's in his element um and last but certainly not least the one that i think everybody's going to have highlighted this weekend on your sunday at 11:30 a.m eastern time this is going to be on usa network arsenal versus manchester united at the Emirates Stadium, a classic English football rivalry, takes us into the international break next week. Arsenal, fresh off of that, uh, let's say, the that unhappy draw for them. Happy for Fulham, but unhappy draw for them uh, last weekend. Manchester United just about getting by Forrest, despite two goals in the first five minutes that had them down 2-0 at home. Of these two teams, Jordan, based on the opening matches that we have here, who do you think is the most likely to finish outside of the top four? Uh, it's clearly Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, their best their best defender is out for uh, weeks, maybe a month or two, uh, Luke Shaw. Um, they still have Harry Maguire uh, in, <laughs> in, uh, in, in the locker room. When I mean, clearly... 
he's not a Manchester United player. He wasn't worth the 70 million pounds he was transfer uh, you know he was bought for. He was for like a uh, season. It's it's just time to move on from him and they haven't done that. He but hasn't more well, concerning, he, they haven't done that. He he hasn't wanted to. I think it that should yeah, be but, pointed out. But more concerning is the fact that um uh not uh well okay first of all Mason Mount um, hasn't really, you know, contributed in the first couple of matches. He's got a hamstring injury now. He's out until October. And then secondly, um, Marcus Rashford just looks off. He, you know, you, you kind of assumed after last season he, he found his, you know, the, the you know the form he needed as a top as a top tier striker, and that's just not the case. He's been underwhelming. I will say this, though. I think, and this happened last year, and it kind of, and I, I think I said the same thing on the old show. I think everybody just needs to calm down for a little bit. This happens. It's it's a slow start, but it's going to be okay. Manchester United are going to pick it up. Marcus Rashford's going to start playing well. Their new signing at some point is going to come off of the injury table or, or out of training or get fit or whatever excuse they have for Rasmus Hodgson this week. So it's going to come. I mean, there are some pieces that are left here to, to sort of come together. The Mason Mountain News sucks. That's that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big blow, um, and and that injury list is starting to kind of rack up for Manchester United. But I I still think that it's it's a little early to say, you know, well they're they're really going to struggle, aren't they now? Because they, I I we saw this from them last season. They got, you know, they got they came back around. They started doing better. Um, and so I think there's just some early challenges to to overcome. You know, from an Arsenal perspective, I mean, other than the Urian Timber injury, they've got a pretty pretty decent squad. You know, they just got to get that edge back, and and they they definitely can. Um, and I think this would be a good time to show it. Uh, but I, I'm I'm still hesitant about about them. I think a lot of people just assume they're going to challenge for the title of this season just because they were second last season. And I'm just not sure it's going to work out. You know, they've got the Champions League again this season. They've got some other other issues. Uh, after this this Fulham game, one of the things that I did see from some Arsenal fans is that they've they and I've I've noticed this before too. I think Mikel Arteta tinkers too much. I think sometimes he you know, it's it's almost like he, he's like, well, if we could do something more. And he doesn't just let things be and, and you know, just let Declan Rice slide into that granite shotgun position in the midfield. Just play your 4-2-3-1 like you did normally, and it'll work out, I promise. And I think he's trying to he's trying to make something work that isn't. You know, playing Kai Havertz as one of these three midfielders. I don't know how that's going to work. That's not his position. Uh, you know, Play him in that position, and I promise he'll do things for you. You just kind of gotta, you gotta let it work. You can't tinker. You can't move things. And I think he he tries to do that too much. I think he sort of thinks of himself as, I can Pep Guardiola myself out of this situation, and he doesn't need to do that. He's got a squad that can, that can, you know, handle it in their standard, normal, stand them up one on one formation. 
And I think he just needs to let that happen. He he needs to let he needs to let the squad marinate. Can I add, let it marinate. No, that 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 brings up an interesting question, which maybe this is not the podcast forum for this, but maybe the Pep Guardiola influence in terms of uh you know ma- you know tactics is not a real positive thing because it leads it like it it lends to the aesthetic. And I feel like sometimes, you know, his, you know, specifically with Arteta, a disciple of his, um, he focuses on the aesthetic rather than the result. Like, it's not just enough to win. Like, they, they want to win in style. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, don't, I don't know if that's – that's. I wouldn't say that that's Pep Guardiola's fault necessarily. I would say uh, – uh, I would say – there are things that Pep can do with the formation that only he can do. And that's just the way that well, it is. Don't try to be him. No, but what I'm saying, though, is, Adam, is the fact that because he was so successful in multiple stops, um, that he, the, he's a, the, the, it's a, they're a big, you're a victim of his success. Like, you want yeah. to play pretty all the time and win all the time, when in reality... That's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Although I will say, again, when Arsenal sort of play in that normal 4-2-3-1, the thing that worked for them so well last season, they, it, look, it looks pretty. It definitely looks pretty. Um, so that's Arsenal-Manchester United on uh, Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on USA Network. That was your top four. Six of the best, the best of the rest. Uh, what else is going on in the Premier League this weekend? Well, it's 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on USA Network. So the relegation six-pointer, Sheffield United versus Everton. Um, winless, hapless Everton. It's just not coming off of them, is it? No wins, no goals. Uh, not even not, not a single goal scored for the Toffees this season. Um, that's on uh, USA Network for you if you are so inclined to wake up early and check out that one. That's from Bramwell Lane. Uh, Brentford versus Bournemouth. Uh, at 10 a.m. on Peacock. Another 10 a.m. game on Peacock. Burnley versus Tottenham from Turf Moor. Uh, Chelsea versus Forest. That's at 10 a.m. Eastern on the USA Network. Brighton versus Newcastle. 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC uh, and Peacock. Uh, dual cast there if you want to stream it. Very much like uh, very much like West Ham, Jordan. Newcastle with a with an interesting history with Brighton that uh, I'm sure you... It's it's not always fun. No, like like I've said before on the previous incarnation of this podcast, Brighton has always been the bugaboo team. Yeah, like if there was a Carabao Cup or um, a uh, an FA Cup uh, draw where we had to go down to the MX, I was like, well, this is going to be a loss. Something's going to happen. But <laughs> I can only hope that we. Uh, we rebound and they don't. <laughs> we because we we need to pick up points. Yeah, I know. I know. Statistically, Newcastle had the roughest uh, opening series of matches. It's true in it's the true. in the Premier League, but we need to we need to we need to maintain our. Uh, we need to get some points and like th- just that way we don't have to crawl back. Yeah. Tell you what, you used up all your goals against Villa. That's what happened. You should you should have held back and saved those for some for some of the later games. Um, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, no, you're probably yeah. right. Could have been three. Could, well, honestly, Villa could have been like, you know, there was moments in the Villa match too where it could have been like, you know, three two three, uh, you know, you know, two yeah. one going into halftime. Yeah. So. And then, uh, last but certainly not least, on Sunday, your other nine a.m. kickoff. Uh, this is going to be on Peacock, Crystal Palace against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves fresh off of that win against Everton, so they're off and running this season, but they will be Mateus Dunez less um, going into that one. So there's your Premier League weekend. Now, it's time to take a little bit of a trip and see what's going on across Europe. That's right, it's Continental Breakfast time. Uh, this is where we take a look at a couple of games from La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, Eredivisie, the Belgian Pro League, Liga, and whenever they happen, uh, and how to watch them. Uh, and this this time we start our breakfast on a Friday. Again, you know how much I hate a Friday game. However, I am going to enjoy this one. Winless uh, AS Roma against AC Milan in Serie A for you. This is Friday, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time on Paramount+. Plus. Uh... Europa League finalists, Roma, not having the best of starts to their Serie A campaign. And they welcome high-flying AC Milan and Christian Pulisic to the Stadio Olimpico, uh, hoping for a result that kickstarts their season. The last time Roma actually beat AC Milan, uh, Jordan, was October of 2019. Um, But if you've been following this uh, hotly contested fixture, last season they eked out draws. Both times, Tammy Abraham... Uh, sadly, uh, will not be featuring in this game due to injury, but uh, he scored in stoppage time on both occasions to help them to draws. So they have a habit of getting something out of this, even when uh, they're not quite at the top of their game. So AC Milan, uh, with I would say, probably their first big test of the season. Um, two wins for the Rossoneri. Uh, they're looking good to reclaim the Serie A crown, or at least be challengers uh, this season, but uh, a tough one. Tough one. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Tough anytime you go to, to to the Stadio Olimpico, I would say. It's always going to be. It's always going to be tough playing the Jose Mourinho team. Um, they're always very disciplined. Um, they they're not you know extremely progressive, so this could easily <laughs> end up being a draw. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's also history on our side. Um, I believe there was a certain time period where uh, Americans were doing good things in Italy. Uh, so, you know, maybe Captain America himself can continue his uh, goal-scoring ways and, uh, you know, claim uh, claim Italy for the red, white, and blue. <laughs> Did you see – so I, I, AC Milan has, a, has an away jersey, and it's basically – it's a white shirt. It's got the 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 black and red – stripe down just down the left hand side kind of going by the crest and it looks very similar to a usa uh an old usa kit uh i mean it's national team kit and there's a there's a famous picture of clinton dempsey with this kit on and i've seen a side by side with him and christian pulisic and it it is eerily similar i will i'll put it that way so uh christian pulisic definitely thriving in his new surroundings two goals in his first two games he'll try and make it three against roma on Friday, on Saturday, this is your your uh, your wheelhouse, Jordan. Atletico Madrid versus Sevilla. 
uh, Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. Atletico with two wins from their first three games. They demolished Real Vallecano last weekend, 7-0. Meanwhile, Sevilla, they're also going the Everton route, losing their first three games. Uh, but they have managed to at least score some goals. Um, a point from this one would certainly be valuable. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, they have lost uh, one of their strikers to Fulham. Uh, so your um, your boy Diego Simeone is having a, a good start to the season there, Jordan. And, and, you know, and I, I will say this. Uh, in the 7-0 demolishing of Rayo Vallecano, uh, I believe uh, Atletico Madrid had like 18% possession. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> He's, it's, and I, that's why I don't know who's learning. I don't know I if Diego Simeone is is learning from Moyes or Moyes is learning from Diego Simeone because West Ham had a similar stat against Brighton. But anyways, yeah, I, I, and that's why I love uh, Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid because they are they are the counterbalance to the the prevailing style of Spanish football, which is you know be, you know beautiful technical movement involving sort you know short passes. Uh, you know, in the midfield, you know, you know, to the forwards, into the box, goal. Uh, and Diego Simeone is just antithetical, to, an- antithetical to that, and it's just, uh, it's great. <laughs> um, by the way, if if we ever have time on this podcast, it remind me to tell you the story of the time that Rayo Vallecano bought a team in Oklahoma City uh, and tried to play them in the revamped. North American Soccer League. Uh, we don't have time for that now. Uh, but uh, Atletico Madrid, let's just say it was very surreal. Atletico Madrid versus Sevilla. Uh, that's on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+. Plus. Also on ESPN+, Plus on Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, it's Union Berlin against RB Leipzig, everyone's favorite plucky capital club, Union, versus the team we all love to hate, not really, mostly the Germans, uh, from the Red Bull family, RB Leipzig. Union Berlin, looking pretty good. Two wins from two. They are uh, tied at the top of the table with the likes of Bayern Munich. Leipzig kickstarted their season last weekend with a 5-1 thrashing of Stuttgart. Project uh, Rosen Ballsport Leipzig lives on uh, and continues. Um, yeah, this one should be good. Uh, Union Berlin, like I said, they, they kind of came out of nowhere, qualified for the Champions League. Um, they got drawn in their group. I can't remember which group it is, but they got drawn in their group uh, yesterday as well. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, oh, and no, yeah, um, I think I think Union Berlin are in the Napoli, Real Madrid, and uh, Braga group. Good. So honestly, you know, people were calling Group F the group of death. I, I personally think, in terms of like you know talent, I mean, yeah. That's a sneaky group that, of death. That yeah, that's a very underrated group of death because, because Braga are not pushovers this season either. They they are no. they're making some waves in Portugal. So yeah, and also the fact that Union Berlin made a really you know uh, a, a really long title challenge, uh, you know, to Bayern Munich. Now of course it also required the uh, the the kind of the unmitigated disaster that was the first season under Thomas Teuchel. Um, but yeah, that's a very sneaky group. And I think Union has an American player in it, uh, Jordan Peapock, uh, who is a striker. Nice. Yes. They're in the Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga, uh, um, they're in that one. Um, 
And then where's RB Leipzig? Where'd they end up? They city group. That's right. They're in the they're they're in the Man City group. So that'll uh, no, not expecting much from them in, in that one. That's a pretty easy group for City. Uh, anyways, yeah, Union Berlin, RB Leipzig, Sunday, eleven thirty eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time on ESPN plus uh, some early Bundesliga for you ahead of the international break. And that's your continental breakfast. That's what's going on in Europe. Some of what's going on in Europe. Uh, this week. But for our last segment, we're going to go back to Blighty, back to our islands, our cold, rainy islands. Um, And it's north of the wall for us this week, Jordan, but for a very, very good reason, because we have our first edition of the old firm Derby, Rangers versus Celtics, 7 a.m. Eastern time. This is going to be on CBS Sports Network. After an opening day defeat, Rangers have righted the ship, but they will have their hands full when Celtic visit Ibrox in the Old Fern Derby. It's been Celtic pretty much since Gerard left uh, after that unbeaten season, and there was a stretch. Actually, I, I found this interesting. There was a stretch between 2019 and 2022 when Celtic failed to win this fixture. They had a couple of draws, uh, but it was all Rangers. But the pendulum has very much swung back to the boys and to Brendan Rodgers. Um, this is also interesting because it kind of puts us on opposite ends. Jordan is, uh, yes, is, is, yes. is a, a proud supporter of Celtic. I am a proud supporter of Rangers for various reasons that have nothing to do with religion, but uh, we like to make, make that joke. <laughs> I like the Catholics. They're very nice. It all has to do with religion. <laughs> don't, don't let Adam fool you. Well, it did. Um, to be honest, I've got to be honest. It, it For a long time, it had to do with Claudio Arena because he played for Rangers. But now I can't really – I can't like him because he turns out to be not that nice of a man. Um, and uh, But, I mean, Marisa do played for Rangers. So, I mean, they've got a good tradition. Demarcus Beasley played for Rangers for a little bit there. So, they've got a good tradition of – Americans playing for uh, for Glasgow Rangers and uh, and there's a pretty good Rangers support group in the United States. So lots of good reasons to support Rangers. Nothing against Celtic, um, at least in 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 nothing against Celtic in religious terms. There's no there's I have no I'm not upset like there's nothing that like that going on. Although Jordan likes to make those jokes uh, pretty consistently, but yeah, this is this this one's always good. It's always yeah. It's always good for at least a red card, and a red card that's not like the red cards we've been seeing in the Premier League—a good old-fashioned red card when things get out of hand and somebody headbutts somebody. That's a good yeah, old-fashioned no, 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 red no. card. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Honestly, this is the epitome of Scottish football. Yeah. Um. Not as, not as technical as the Premier League, but. Fifteen percent rougher. Yes, and it's still an enjoy. It's still an enjoyable watch. I will say that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and I love the commentary. I love hearing a Scottish voice um, call a goal. It is nice. Um, yeah, it's 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 our favorite Scott. I would say is Derek Ray, but he's gone a bit. He gets he likes to get very German and Dutch with his pronunciations. So it's it's nice to hear <laughs> it's nice to hear a, a good old a good a good old Scottish announcer try and get through some of the. Some of the name pronunciations, <laughs> but yeah, that's on uh, the CBS I, Sports Network. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I, ha- I have a real, I have a real quick question, Adam. Is uh, is Fat Alfredo Morelos uh, still at uh, I don't Rangers, think so. I it? think he's, I think he is, uh, 
he has finally moved. flown the coop. Yes, I think he is gone. Yeah, because he was. I mean, if 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 anybody could manage to get two yellow, two red cards uh, in a game, it was Alfredo Morelos. Um, uh, he he was he was also the player most likely to uh, get a cheeky Nando's uh, at uh, at halftime as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, he is uh, he, he has moved on to to pastures anew. Um, but uh, let's see. Who did I see? Someone else is there that was just sort of like that made the transfer over the summer, and I was like, oh, really? That's cool. We got him. I guess. Well, no, that's that's a different guy. Uh, anyways, um, oh, Todd Cantwell is now. I don't know if you remember him from a former Norwich oh, yeah. Norwich, uh, Norwich fame. He is mm-hmm. now he's now a Rangers player. So he is he's gone north of the I, wall to play up there. Hasn't had a great start uh, I, this season. I'm, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to say I'm surprised uh, because he even when he played at, played at Norwich, uh, he always seemed like a soft boy, and he is going <laughs> to the land of hard men up there. Uh, they're gonna harden him up. They're gonna. Yeah. This is like. Uh, I mean, this is this is like John Snow going up to the to the Black Watch, <laughs> or to the I mean, to the Night's Watch. That's. I mean, yeah. They, they, I mean, they might. <laughs> if Jack Grealish ever gets out of line at Manchester City, that's what they're gonna tell him. <laughs> We're gonna send you to fucking Scotland. <laughs> oh man! So that's on uh, Sunday, and uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Uh, getting up nice and early, 7 a.m. Eastern time. That's 4 a.m. Pacific for those of you counting. But uh, I'm sure the Rangers contingent in America will uh, enjoy that. At least I hope they will. And that's uh, that's your weekend uh, of football. Um, as you said, this is the weekend before international break. So you, uh, before with the old show, we would we would do a show and, and kind of catch up and do some some talking but this year we're not going to do that so international breaks we won't we won't be doing a show you can uh, enjoy your international football without us talking about it first uh, but we'll be back the next week um, to uh, to preview the uh, return from our international break lots of uh, European qualifiers to come but before that Premier League Serie A La Liga Bundesliga all great games to watch uh, this weekend, um, Jordan. Uh, any any final remarks? We, we're not going to do it in a moment with Jordan this weekend. But any any yeah anything anything last to say before we we sign off for uh, for a good couple weeks here? Uh, man, I was going to say there is just a uh, there is a real difference between 107 degrees and like 97 <laughs> degrees. It, it feels downright uh, cool uh, down here. Uh, in Texas. Uh, but I was also going to say, man, I'm disappointed. Um, I honestly, I, I know we've revamped the podcast uh, for time constraints and editing, but I really feel like if we're not going to do anything on international breaks because we're not previewing anything, then we might as well use the international breaks as uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the zombie we ate all the pies episode. <laughs> Just go... Have, just during international breaks and international breaks only during the season, just bring back we ate all the pies and uh, just rant. With, well, and maybe we can... they they can always you can always go back and, and find a nice episode to listen. Uh, I'd encourage that too. But I mean, this is the way it is for now. Maybe it'll change in the future. I don't know. But right now, I, I think it it would be good because uh, we got started a little bit late and around my house for for baby reasons, which I'm 
getting close to needing to uh, to go take over. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, for now, we'll we'll forego the international breaks and leave that to all you good people. Um, but uh, well, yeah. you know what? Then then I'm gonna make this claim. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe your boy Jordan podcast listeners, uh, maybe he takes control. Maybe he learns the controls of, uh, of what Adam is doing on his end in terms of, you know, editing and stuff like that. And maybe if he's not going to do something, your boy brings back, uh, just a, just a nice hour rant about all the, uh, all the fun things involving soccer. So we'll see about that. <laughs> We will. I'm. I'm curious. I'm actually curious now to see how you make this happen. I'm. I'm. I, I want to. I'm interested because I don't know how that's physically, well, po- physically possible. But you are more than welcome to try. Well, I. I well, I would have to. I'd have to discuss with you in detail what okay. actually you do. So I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go with this half cocked. Uh, my opinions would be half cocked. Uh, I would definitely want to make this you know sound professional as possible for what we do. Uh, but yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe maybe Jordan maybe maybe Jordan next week. But until then, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks uh, for another big preview show. And uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend.